It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For $4.99 a month. Are you looking at me like I'm crazy? We, no, no, I was looking at Steve here? to get the, get the graphics up. <laughs> no, <laughs> overtime. We talk about it all the time. What? For $1.99 a month, you're part of our starters tier membership. You get the loyalty badges, custom emojis. I think we're one member away from unlocking the next emoji. I'm not sure what that one is, but yeah. I think we're one away. And the member, uh, members-only community post for $4.99 a month, less than 5 bucks a month, less than 60 bucks a year. You get the overtime content. You get some of the texting perks with Jason Lloyd and some other people during select Cavs games, member shout-outs, discount codes for merch. Also, it's the engagement in those overtime videos that I think is awesome. Sometimes we just throw out questions. Yeah. Really cool. Plus, on Wednesday, just a reminder to everybody, it is 48 hours away. The nerves back behind the glass window here are starting to get uh, pretty unsettling as yeah. Anthony and I are ready to take the stage at Pickwick and Frolic. It's going to be great. On East 4th. Show starts at 7.30. Not only will it be Anthony and myself, but it will be appearances from everybody on the UCSS crew. G's got his hand raised. We're going to get to G in one sec. Plus Mike Polk, plus Ooh, other real comedians. This. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you haven't got your tickets, they're going fast. All money goes to charity. Oh, shoot. I didn't get my tickets yet. Get, they actually are. We got, I got a note from Polk that there is limited number of tickets left, so get your yeah, tickets. I, I, I got to get mine, too. Stop yeah, playing. Get your tickets. you text me to remind me I to I will text everyone to remind you. I'm going to text everyone in the world. Yeah. Get your tickets. It's going to be a blast. We'll have uh, a little more preview of that tomorrow. Polk yeah. will be on with us Thursday to recap the show. That's going right. to be fun. Uh, yeah. G, what's up? You had your hand raised. Oh, yeah. Man, see, I wanted to – see, I was in there looking. I was in the lab, man. And so basically, we talk about memberships, man. You know, some people is one ninety nine, some people is four ninety nine. But everybody that consistently watches the show, we usually have somewhere about you know three, four thousand people consistently, always watching the show, and we appreciate you guys. Even if you can't be a member, right? You you know we know what it is. You know, inflation is crazy. You got kids. You you trying to figure stuff out. You got to mm-hmm. go to the games. You know how you can become a member? Just by consistently hitting the like button. That's all you gotta do. Just consistently hit that button for us. Believe it or not, that goes just as long as a monetary value because what it does, it shows the YouTube algorithm, hey, man, we really enjoy this content, right? We really enjoy this show. And that helps other people mm-hmm. connect and find the show. So if you want to be part of the light gang, we need to have that light gang. You, we got the 199 and the 499. We need that light gang. And we need people peer pressuring the hell out of people in the chat. We need people peer pressure, people in the comment section. Hit that like button, bro. Hit that. That does so much for our show. And we just want you to know that even if you're just hitting the like button, which is free, guess what? You part of the game. There you go. Hey, Mikey, before you before we move on, uh, throw me up a spot uh, survey on 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 the, on the uh, uh, internet. I got you. What's up? I want uh, rank the best, Jordan or LeBron, and then I want I want people to. S- also put in their age. Mm-hmm. I want to see. I think you know. So for do years, I was yeah, always. I want to see, see how that polls out. I was always Jordan the best, and obviously you played with him. I, I, in the last couple of years, I moved Michael. I moved LeBron ahead. You think I'm crazy? No, we're gonna find out. Okay, I, I hear a lot of that out there. Yeah. Ooh, yes, I do. I you know, well, here, I, I was, never thought I'd say anybody better than uh, Jordan. Well, well, here's here, here's the thing. Well, I, I will say, and I understand why it is that. Um, See, me, I wrap it all. It's all encompassing for me, right? Yeah. Um, lore has to do with it. 
winning has to do with it. Innovation has to do with it. How, how, what you did for the game, how you did it. Did you bring something new to the game? Um, in, in, a, in an era amongst what we call the greatest to play in the eighties, you were the cream of the crop for LeBron. I think he'll never be able to catch Jordan in terms of, of what Jordan's impact on culture in the game of basketball will ever be. There will never be a person that can do what Michael Jordan did. There's right. kids right now. I always talk about how I laugh and talk about Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan and all the time. You know, there's kids today that have never seen Michael Jordan touch a basketball. But for the most likely, if you was born in the late, you was born any time in the 90s, chances are you don't even remember Jordan playing. However, he's a cultural phenomenon to a point where you know how important his shoes is. Yeah. You don't, you ain't got to get them. You got to get them. LeBron to his credit, has not been afraid to stand up for things in terms of social justice. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Michael never did that, Mm -hmm. at least not publicly. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, that's what uh, I said. It is a very interesting conversation, and uh, and I'm saying it just from the standpoint of, of playing with him, right? But it's a very interesting. I, I go in the gym, and people are talking about, it, you know, working out. Yeah, it's a serious debate because, and people are avid on one side or the other. You don't really have that many people floating in the middle. Like, yeah, I don't know who to take. It's like I'm definitely on this side or that. Side. That's why I want to see that poll. And since Leroy brought it up, I want to see how it's tracking. Because Leroy, Leroy is old enough to be in the other camp, right? And yeah. So. Well, so am I. True. And, and, and I switched in just the last couple of years, and I would have never thought. When I – 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I would have said Kobe was better than LeBron. And now, you know, to me that's long gone. But Brad, when you look at the I, – I guess when you look at that record, man, and, and, and I always say this. It's unbelievable. You can't, you can't knock LeBron for his greatness. Some mm-hmm. people will say, "Well, Jordan, Jordan didn't didn't have all those years. He didn't come out of college, right? He he didn't come out and go straight to the league." And I always say, "Hey, that's his fault. He wasn't as good as LeBron was. LeBron was able to do what he was able to do. Well, I think, he could have come straight out. These guys didn't do that. Well, he well, he well, I think, so you got to give him credit for being in trouble. Yeah. I I can't take something away from one man." Because another man decided not right. to do no, it. No, I agree. On the other hand, I could argue also that Michael Jordan got to learn from a great coach in college. Well, then you have to. You also have to factor. Now, to hear the old school guys come in, you have to factor this. They have rewritten the rules here. They, they've changed the rules entirely here. Yeah, right? I think so, that's. Pr- I so think that yeah. that has allowed for the, that's allowed for all this scoring to go on here. Right. Right. And so you cannot yeah. discount that. Right. That, it, you, you, that I, I believe that's the. That's the biggest defense. Yeah, that's the biggest hurdle for a LeBron individual saying LeBron is better than Jordan. That's the biggest hurdle to climb. Well, because you can't really, you you really can't refute that. Like the game, the game, the physicality of the game, the way they change rules. And right now, you got to think of it. Back in the '80s, it would be laughable if you heard them say, "Well, you got a foul because you was up underneath somebody." On a, on a jumper. What? Yeah. That's what we do. We've been trying to put feet out there. That's on him to figure out where you landed or hand check it. Or when we used to play, when you get hit in the hand, hey, hey hand, part hand, of hand of is ball. Hand ball, baby. When we played uh, pickup in, in the park, it was no blood, no foul. Yeah, yeah, no blood, no foul. No blood, no foul. Uh, That's right. No blood, you, no foul. The only thing I will say that in, in defense right. of LeBron is. The play, even though the game is obviously a lot less physical, 
the players are more athletic top to bottom than they were. In yeah, there's no, there's no question. It has evolved. Right. right? The, the, that's why it makes for great conversation because it's different now, right? Because I don't think Steph Curry could have survived in my era. He just could not. He would not have been that effective. Right, because they would have put body on him. Maybe right, and you can grab him. You know, that wouldn't happening. But now he is ultimately effective, right? And then I would just say the way that I, I the way I think about it, if they change the rules, the guys I play with would steamroll this league. I mean, you, you, the, 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 you had guys get straight out score, just straight out, out and out score. Because it would have been like, can you imagine telling you? You imagine can telling you, can you, you, you check Larry Bird with no rules like these rules. <laughs> it's like, been unbelievable. Yeah. It's like you go, you ain't gonna do that here, and it wasn't no zone. I, mean, oh, you, I think you got yeah, the, you got the poll. I got the poll results. Yeah, was it close? So we, we let it up for three minutes. Okay, we got over a hundred votes. Fifty-five percent for, for LeBron, forty-five for Jordan. The average ages. 36 years old for LeBron voters, 46 for Jordan voters. So yeah. right in line with what and you expect. And that's with a Cleveland bias for LeBron, too. Mm-hmm. To, to, and yet it was only 55-45. That's another innovation in the ultimate Cleveland sports show. Y'all yeah. radio guys, y'all TV, you can't ask for no micro poll hey. and put it up and get you that's some true. demographics. You can't do that. Hey. You just true. can't. Yes, I don't even know how y'all do it. You're too busy running 19-minute commercial breaks over there. <laughs> All right. let's, uh, uh, Mikey, let's get to the uh, top five here. Oh, yeah. Top five? Yeah. So everyone knows the main storylines for the Super Bowl. We have, as you mentioned earlier with Leroy, we have the first time it's two African-American quarterbacks starting the Super yeah. Bowl. It's Andy Reid versus old team, but also Nick Sirianni versus old team. Sirianni. By the way, because my team was this close to getting the Super Bowl, I, can't, I haven't been able to listen to any of the pregame stuff. It's pretty depressing. I, can, I don't know if you feel sorry for me, but I'm just telling you. Yeah, Aaron. we have the fact that both coaches coach at their previous teams. Yeah. Andy Reid's the winningest coach in Eagles history. Yeah. Sirianni spent four years on the Chiefs staff. As mm-hmm. an offensive assistant, it's the Kelsey Bowl. We yeah. know Mahomes is chasing Tom Brady in the legacy category. Those are the main storylines are going to get pounded into the dirt over the next week. So I found, with the help of a few podcasts, some research on my own, and some combination speaking, five storylines that aren't being talked about enough. Okay. About this Super Bowl, are okay. you guys ready for the yeah. five underrated Super Bowl storylines? Okay. All right. Let's take number five, Steve. Patrick Mahomes on the precipice of making history. If the Eagles win, Mahomes will become the second quarterback ever to have a one and two Super Bowl record. Only a one and two Super Bowl record. Can you name the other one? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You mean one and two? What you mean? Like one, one win, and two, two losses. losses so, so what's the significance of that? I know that's a. It's stupid just an stat. underrated storyline that people aren't talking about. I don't think it's yet. a worthy. I don't think it's worthy. Who's of the other line? quarterback with a one and two uh, Super Bowl record? Super Bowl record one and two in the last twenty-five years. He's the only one ever, but it happened in the last twenty-five years. Damn. I was gonna say Brett Favre, but that's not true. Nope. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Nope. Oh no no no, no. yeah. Not Russell. Uh, not Dave. Uh, not Russell Wilson. Hold on. Don't don't tell me because I'm about to get this. Who lost two? I'm about to get only this. One That's one. why it's such an exclusive club ball. That's why it matters. I know his career is not over yet, but. It matters so much we can't even think of who it is. Hold on. It's so exclusive. Um, I, I think I'm going to get this. Nope, he didn't make it there. He didn't make it there. Um, 
one one. Who went to the Super Bowl three times? It's not Eli. It is not. Oh, no, he God, won twice. There's that Eli. Two Eli's 2 0, the king. It's not Peyton either. Eli Manning never won a playoff game besides the two Super Bowl years. Fact. Erroneous stats his career, though. Hold on, hold on. I don't know. 10 seconds. Give, 10 me, seconds. give me the go. I don't know it. Here, one of the teams, one of the losses was on the Cardinals. Oh, Kurt Warner. Correct. Kurt Warner, the only quarterback in NFL history with a one and two. What Super other Bowl championship he go to? Like I'm trying to think, he had the one. He lost those... one with the Rams. He lost, lost one, one with the Rams, Rams. Won one with the Rams, and, and then, then lost, lost with the with Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot he play. lost with I the Rams. Forgot, I thought he. I forgot they got beat by the dog on Patriots. Stump the Schwab. Yeah. Storyline number two that nobody's talking about. We know that Kelsey, the brothers bowl. Yeah. Well, how about Fletcher Cox and Kenneth Gainwell being cousins? They can become the first pair of cousins to win a Super That's Bowl. That's enough. Listen, for I, the Eagles, McNuggets, bad job out of you. Everybody, every black person is cousin. Me and Brad, is <laughs> this is my uncle twice right. removed. By the way, I saw same. him at the family reunion. Right, I said, right, "What's right, up, right, Jay?" Right. By the way, that's another thing black people and Jewish people have in common. Yes. Every Jew is a cousin too. It is. We're all we're all like incestuous and well, family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all, all, all people. All people, pretty much. My mom, we. It's, I got so many cousins. My mom, when I went to high school, she said that. Now listen, you need to tell me every girl you talking to. I'm not trying to be nosy, but you know there's. There, I got ten uncles on my dad's side. I got seven yeah. on my uh, brothers and sisters on my mom's yeah. side. So that's eighteen cats. Yeah. If you're gonna bang a cousin, make sure it's a you, second cousin. You better let me know, dog. Is that inappropriate? Coming up. Quite. My my best Quite. friend, his parents when they got married, they had the same last name already. See. Man? Hey. You can get that off in Utah, but not here. What's the next question? All right, next Utah, one. a lot of incest and in Anthony Utah. Big. But that might be the line of the week. All right, next one. No one's talking about this. Regardless of who wins the Super Bowl, the Mississippi State Bulldog football program will be getting the 26th championship ring in program history. By Either the way, Chris nobody, Jones none of Fletcher these storylines are interesting at all. These well, are you're, random you're, as these hell. Are just who these gives are, a crap These about are the underrated storylines that nobody's talking about. I, I got to give them a little love because no I one else is. I forgot even with the Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Can you spell Mississippi? M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. -I, -I, I don't even know if you got it right. What is the capital of Mississippi? Jackson. Yeah, okay. All right, man. I said all the state capitals. Okay. Number two, Texas forever. Both starting quarterbacks, high school football products from the great state of Texas. That one there There's nothing Houston. great about Texas, number he's, one. He's from Houston. He's from Houston, and Pat Mahomes is from Tyler, Texas, White House High School. Home, of, I uh, Mahomes, I don't home of Earl Campbell. Yep. Fact. Fact. I think there's another quarterback that went there. Tyler, Texas? There's a lot of Texas. Texas. Yeah. A lot of quarterbacks. It used to be California that was the hotbed, right? Yeah. I feel like it was, it was California where it was all the quarterbacks. Then it went to Florida. And then it kind of moved to Texas. No, it's, right? it's t I mean, Drew Brees, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Pat yeah. Mahomes. There's a lot in the league right now. Drew and Brees is from that, Texas. So. Yeah, he's from Austin. He yeah. went to the same high school as Baker Mayfield. I don't know that. Wow. Yeah. And I, last but not least, I ended up Purdue. The number because uh, he's like five eight. Yeah. yeah. The number one storyline that nobody's talking about in this Super Bowl. The Johnson Bowl. There are seven Johnsons in this game. Oh, Six okay. on the Eagles roster, one on Kansas City. The most I mean, Johnson pretty common ever name. in a Super Bowl bowl. And who that is that? a storyline that not enough people are talking about. No, no, I mean, honestly, there'll be 90 guys with Johnsons Steve, playing in this game. Steve, Steve, no, you didn't. No, you didn't, Steve. You tried to pop up that random nondescript 13. Put that back up. Who the hell is that? <laughs> who cut that? 
Oh, who cut that Anthony, clip? Anthony made the graphic. That's <laughs> random Johnson. That is a random Johnson. Who the hell's that, that guy? That guy right there. It is the 13? one Johnson on Kansas City. The <laughs> this guy. Who is that? <laughs> 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 he ain't even looking at the camera. That looks like Garrett's cousin tried on a jersey in the backyard. It, it do, like, yeah. And we it's, want, it's now he's way Z too Johnson, little to be your cousin. Yeah, and be like, yo, you ain't playing receiver. You too slow. You the kicker. <laughs> Kicker Johnson. Yeah, who the hell is that guy? Nazi Johnson. Know. He's their backup safety. Who? Who? Nazi Johnson, the backup Nazi? safety. N a z e e e. Man. Who heard of that you, guy? You, you said you had some. I'm saying you that said, is the hard-hitting research you, you get. Said, that is you the said worst you had top five ever. Random. That is random as hell. I just wanted to make sure they were getting the appropriate shine. We didn't want to beat down the normal storylines. We're gonna beat down the fact. <laughs> My that God. This we, is the Johnson Bowl. We might listen if you, in the chat. Hey, throw throw one up there if you be like, what the hell was that? Like, that shouldn't have been the one. top five like underrated storylines. Those are the Lord. top five useless storylines. Useless, underrated, it's all the same. We just want wow. to give the people a different thing to watch for on Sunday. All right, let's talk some baseball, guys. It we is time for the Guardians. We haven't talked baseball in a long time. Things Facts. have been quiet on the Guardians front. But spring training is right around the corner. Yeah. By the way, I got um, a buddy of mine. Shout out to my friend Hans. You've met Hans, Mike. Yeah, Hans the man. My buddy Hans. He texted me over the weekend. He's like, he texted me a picture of a drum that supposedly was the drum that John Adams, who just passed away, used for one year in the 80s. Or might have even been the 70s. And his dad had it, and his dad gave it to him. And so he was like, hey, can you reach out to the Guardians for me? Because maybe I'll give it to them and whatever. It's signed by all the players. It's pretty cool. Um the, the spring, spring training right around the corner, guys. The over-unders are out for the year. What is the Guardians over-under? 87 and a half wins. The Guardians finished with what, 92 last year? 92. 92 wins last year, guys. G. Bush predicted it exactly, by the way, yes, in our pre-show meeting. Yes, mm. Our pre-show rehearsal. I know, but that was weird because then you didn't pick them. He didn't make, pick them to make the playoffs. And then he picked them to lose every time for the next, like, 17 weeks. And then pivoted I, back to his original prediction of 92 I thought, I thought the White Sox was going to win 95, and they might this year. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, 87 and a half, which would, you know, which is obviously less than they won last year. Now, an important thing that they're doing this year in baseball, which they've never done before. They, re they made this change, and I don't know how many fans know this. They have gone to a more balanced schedule in Major League Baseball for years. And this is a disadvantage for the Guardians to some degree. Uh, for years, teams would play 18, 19 games against the teams in their division. Well, that mm -hmm. is no longer the case. Now, you're only playing 13 games. Instead of playing every team in your division, it had always been you'd play three series in Detroit, and then Detroit would play three series here. Right. Now it's two and two instead of three and three. And where are they making up those other games? In, in the other league. So starting this year, you play, the Guardians will play every team in the National League every year, mm -hmm. and you'll alternate. You'll play one series, mm -hmm. you know, at I Cubs. Know that. What's that? I didn't know that. Yeah. So now games against other teams in the American League is pretty much the same. I think it's a 10 games against each team or eight. Maybe it is. But instead of now, there's, you still play more against the teams in your division, but it's, it's six less or it's even seven less in some cases. So it's much more balanced. If you base it on last year's schedule, the Indians or the Guardians have the second biggest increase in games against 
winning teams. Mm. Only the Dodgers are going up more. Wow. So that is, could affect their over-under here. Is that because, before I let you guys open, just so everyone understands, that's yeah. because they're playing fewer games against the Tigers and Royals, who were terrible, and more And even the White Sox and Twins, who Sox, should yeah. be better, especially the White Sox, but were not good last year. The entire division was bad last year, besides the Guardians. So now, you have to play every team in the National League one series, as opposed to last year, when you only played say, 20 games against the National League. Now you're going to play 40. So, in theory, you're going to play some tougher teams. And, and so, also, another the shift is done, right, this year? And the shift, that's also another big thing this year. The shift is done. Uh, Jose Ramirez is one of the uh, – his, his percentage of pulling the ball was top 10 in the league. So, he's already a good hitter, and this shift killing should help him. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know – you know, the Guardians are a team that overall, they don't get overshifted because there are a lot of spray hitters, but Jose gets mm -hmm. shifted a lot, uh, but they won't be able to overshift. So now the shortstop has to play on the, on the left side of second base. Their second baseman has to play on the right side of second base. And the biggest thing is what we saw a lot the last bunch of years, especially when Jose was up, is the second baseman playing out in right field on the grass. Right, 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 right. right, right. That's gone. You have to be on the infield dirt. Now you can play on the back of it, but you got to be on the infield dirt. You cannot be on the grass. I guess you could be on the infield grass, but mm -hmm. you can't be on the outfield grass. So, yeah, that, that change is also happening. we got the pitch clock this year. Oh. That's well, now, new. Now, what's the, uh, what is the pitch clock is? I can't remember the exact time. I don't remember. It. They have, they, when does that 20. clock start, stop and start? Is it like, 20, Mike? Go ahead. What's your Mike? I believe it's 20 seconds, right? I think it's 20 seconds with nobody on base and maybe eight or – 20 with up, runner on 20, base and yeah. 18 without. I don't remember the exact time. So, but as soon as the pitcher gets the ball, clock starts. So all that, all it, so it was bases loaded. You trying to stall nope, out. I, I got the numbers real quick. G, so I cut you off. Yeah. It is 15 seconds with an empty base and okay. 20 seconds with a runner on base. Okay. Oh, wow. Can you step off the rubber? I mean, you can, but it you doesn't get, stop you the get, clock. You ain't got a lot of time. Yeah, no. What happens if you don't? What happens if the clock hits you? Yeah, now I don't even. I, I assume they call it a ball. I don't. Even, I, I actually don't know. I'm, I'm looking at an MLB article right now. I'll continue to read it, but it says the pitcher must begin his motion to deliver the pitch before the expiration of the pitch timer. Yeah, so, the consequences. I think in the beginning of the year, the the umpires, my guess, will give a little extra leeway. That should be it. No, no. It See, shouldn't no, be. This should I be don't electronic. Know. It's a good point. I I. I I, I don't know the consequences. Oh, I love this. Oh, this I don't is, know it. This is this is what I love. See, now I'm using this as a strategy. Yeah. I'm like this. We're going to get up there. We're going to get people on base. Yeah. And I want you moving around over there. Yeah. The first base. And that's why you get – if I'm – if I think we're going to see more stolen bases, which is, mm -hmm. I think, good for the game, creates excitement. <laughs> Without the shift, we're going to see more balls put – I think we're going to see more balls put into play because I think we're going to see a little less swinging for the fences because you know that they can't play you mm -hmm. overshifted. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, according to this MLB.com article, ball? quote, pitchers who violate the timer are charged with an automatic ball. Yeah, <laughs> batters, batters who are not in the box and alert to the pitcher by the eight-second mark strike. are charged with an automatic strike. Oh, Ooh, listen. Wow. Oh, oh, listen. Y'all been trying to thank you, Major League Baseball. This is what you've been. Listen, we for the friends. Pick up the pace here. Now, now I'm they using this. Clock in the game. Hey, we're going to find out how good of a pitcher you are. It's hard as heck to be up there with bases loaded. Yeah. You over there like, I, you can't be waving off every fourth pitch by no. the catcher. Yeah, you somebody, can't stand there for 40 seconds. Somebody's arm get worn out. Yeah, they, they uh -uh. start complaining about their yeah. arms. The Guardians do have an advantage because they're a young team, and these rules have been in the minors for a couple of years. Have they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've been in the minors. Same so, as the uh, bigger bases 
which is also that's true. Bigger bases is another thing they're doing, uh, which will also lead to steals because it's technically be a little less than 90 feet between bases. Uh, yeah, this, I'm watching, and this. it gives you a little more room to hit the base, not step on the guy's foot or whatever. I, I don't know. I like all these rules. I think baseball does a lot of stupid things, but I like all these rules. Wow. I think they're good. Wow. But what do you guys do? You how are you feeling right now? Knowing the schedule, do you think? And knowing the team, obviously they got better, but not head and shoulders better. Yeah, Mike. I want to add one more thing. This MLB article is phenomenal. I want to say yeah. it to you. Uh, and curious how Brad and G, as former athletes, you guys take uh, two things. Rockies reliever Brett Studer, S-U-T-T-E-R, Studer, Sutter? Brent Sutter. Sutter, I'm not sure. Yeah. I had the fastest time between pitches last season, 12.6 seconds. They asked him, what's the biggest key in preparation or pitching fast as opposed to taking your time? He goes, physical conditioning. So it's going to take a different toll on the pitchers. And then Shane yeah. Bieber, so yeah. this is for Guardians, had a 14.6 time between pitches, which was the 10th fastest in baseball. So the Guardians' ace should not have any issues adapting to this in- right. increase in play, which I do think could have an effect on some pitchers. Yeah, so. I mean, it's good. I, I I hate it when I'm watching a game and the pitcher's, like, taking forever to throw the ball. It's boring. But all you Bartolo Colons. Oh, boy. <laughs> you better get, you, no. get that conditioning together. You everybody right. breathing hard. Yep. It's going to be hurt. It's going to hurt the fat pitcher. Uh, all right, guys. So, what are we saying? Over under 87 and a half wins for the Guardians this year. What you got, G? Uh, I, I, I feel like it's going to come down a little bit. But it's going to. I got them. What did I have them? 92 last year. I think they, they, they win 90 games this year. 90. So, you got over. So, you got the over. I got, I'm taking an over, right? Because I just feel like. Uh, the new rules may be helpful to the Guardians. And I'm going to tell you, I, and I always bank on the fact that, you know, Tito does such a good job coaching that he's going to have us in the mix, right? I don't see us regressing. Yeah, I, I, Now, that's all predicated on staying injury bug free, yeah. right? Yeah, that, and, and plus... See now, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about it as much. I feel like with these new rules, I'm kind of optimistic because now I don't have to sit up there and wait for a three-run home run. Like you know, what I'm saying I could do some stuff to kind of manufacture some runs a little bit. Yeah. And and they run a lot already. They got speed throughout their lineup. So I like the fact that you know what I had a mix, but I th- I still think the White Sox will be good this year. I uh, just think they played terrible last year. Yeah. I, the the numbers are really good because I'm right around that number. Um, on the surface, you see the 192 last year, and you're like, well, they got a little better. They didn't lose anybody that's good, and they added Josh Bell and Mike Zanino. But they didn't make that blockbuster move I wanted them to make. And you got to figure, they had so much success from young players. This is not basketball and football, where in those sports, when you establish yourself as a good player, you usually stay as a good player unless you get hurt. Like the trajectory just keeps going up. Whereas baseball is like, it's a roller coaster. It really is. Some of these Guardians players are going to regress. I don't know who. It's just the nature of the the beast. Plus, the White Sox and Twins, i got to figure they're going to be better. The Guardians' schedule is tougher. I do think the Guardians are a playoff team, but I think they could – I think they might win less games than last year. I just think their schedule is going to be tougher. I got them right around that number. I'm going to I'm going to say over, but I don't feel great about it. I got them with 88 wins this year as of now. Now, I still think they might make a big trade before the start of the season. We got a couple of weeks till spring training. The regular season doesn't start 
for, what, seven weeks, eight weeks, something like that. They've got a ton of young prospects, even beyond the guys that they called up last year. I'd still like to see them go out and make a big move for a Brian Reynolds from Pittsburgh or something like that, and maybe I'll be a little higher. But I got them, at, as of now, I think they're an 88-win team, so just over the number. Let me, I gotta, I've, I've been chomping at the bit. I'm glad yeah. I remembered this. Yeah. A couple of days ago, um, I remember we was talking to Jay after this, and I was at the radio station, and they were talking. We had the uh, financial guy on, and they were talking about the impact of the Valley Steel. Okay. Um, Bally's yeah. bankruptcy. Yeah. And um, this, I, I Ooh, think this, this, catastrophic. this is going to hurt so many small market teams because they bank on that local money yeah, so yeah. much. When you look at the Guardians, you telling me you could be losing 37. Well, I think, 40, I think this pushes Dolan out. I think he's going to sell the team to yeah, uh, so what's his name? The guy who bought so, the money already, so, Glasser. So does, does everybody out in the follows us understands what that means. Will you guys explain no. exactly what's happening? Yeah, so, so, so let's, let's yeah. Let, go ahead and talk about Yeah, so, the, so it was Bally. John Arrand, I know, who's on with you guys, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. he, so the Bally's, uh, Bally's is the, which the, owns the, the, the sports channel, the sports channel that the Guardians are on and that the Cavs are on, they're going bankrupt. Right. And they own regional sports networks throughout the country. Right. We've seen it. It was Sports Time Ohio, now it's Bally. And they're going bankrupt because the business, when they got in, they thought it was going to be more lucrative. It hasn't been. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a business thing. They're going bankrupt. And so there's going to be – there's money that they owe to the Guardians that the Guardians – I thought it was $50 million. I, I thought it was I thought it was about $50 million yeah. that they owed yeah. the Guardians. And, and the way bankruptcy works is like, okay, there's a lot of creditors yeah. that are in line to get money. So, right. you know, the judge may say, look, hey, we, everybody got to get some or this creditor is going to get more than others. But – what we expect is this pennies on a dollar. It's not going to be, you know, you're not going to get that money. I right. mean, you talk about, you know, the Dolans and what their business model is. They've always had to, like, move things around. But when you take one of their biggest main money makers away, which is those local rights, you're in trouble. I and mean, now, listen, I don't, I've never believed that these teams don't have enough money to spend more than they can. I never believe it. Mm-hmm. But this is an excuse for them to spend less. I would think the Dolans would get out of the – Get yeah. out of this now. Yeah. What is the name of the guy who bought the minority stake? Is it David Glasser? Is that his name? Can you Blitzer. look that up, Mike? The guy who bought the minority stake. Yeah, Blitzer. David Blitzer. Blitzer, not Glasser. Blitzer. So I, eventually, he was going to buy the team anyway. Uh, I, you know, and and so maybe, so maybe, you know, he has more money than Dolan, I assume. So, well, you know, in the long run, that, maybe that's, that's fifty million dollars. Is, that's is, a lot. That's a lot of money here. A, now we see, and they already had a bad TV deal to begin with compared <laughs> right. to a lot of other. Teams. It, it ain't went like they was getting LA money yeah. or New York money. They was yeah. getting and 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 that was one of the things that they said is at least we got the TV money and then they got obviously they share they split revenue on some other things right. So, so on yeah. the national deal right. So, yeah, on like uh, on some money in terms of like. Uh, um, Internet sales yeah, and stuff would like it, that. What the would this mean to the fan? I mean, it could mean potentially that there's less money for payroll. Now, I mean, that's not going to matter about, right now. How about viewing the games? Well, I, I think for viewing the games, that doesn't change for now. But MLB has this whole thing screwed up. You can't watch the Guardians games on the app because it's blacked out. Right. I don't know. You can't, you can't get Bally's on anything but DirecTV or maybe, right. maybe cable. You Spectrum. can't get it on YouTube. You can't get it on all these other things. Spectrum, you can. 
You can get it on Spectrum. Mm-hmm. I know I can get it on there. The only reason I keep DirecTV that's it. is to watch the Guardians and Cavs. That's it. That's you, all. That's the only reason I keep it. And I, I want to cancel, but I have no choice. For so long, people didn't even know where, I, how to get it. I know. It was just like it's they, crazy. It was just crazy. And my thing is, and I asked him, um, you know, what's his name, Ryan? I asked him. I said, yeah. You know, the correlation of, I always wonder, Bull, why the heck? Are these guys able to spend that amount of money? When I look at the stands in April, in May, in June, and you these guys are hitting home runs in the stands, and there ain't nobody out there, including concession yeah. workers. Yeah. And I'm like, you got 500. What? How is? I don't understand the correlation of that. We talk about basketball all the time, mm. where mm. we got to keep these dudes playing because people will be pissed off. Like we, I came to see Steph. He yeah. ain't playing. You know football. I'm not even gonna mention football. Put them yeah. over there. But how is baseball sustaining that level of spending when for years attendance has been down in every major market? Well, no, it's not down in every major market. Well, but well, it's down. It's not good here. It's, it, the well, big markets. markets. It's down fringe. across the league, though. Like mm-hmm. if you looked at a league average, league average from in tennis ten is down. years ago, it is down league wide. But uh, I think only since COVID, right? I'll double check, but I, I thought it was down. I don't know, man. The top that. fifteen markets have really good attendance, but a lot of it's TV money. And even here, the Guardians get great TV ratings. Yeah, huge. Comparatively, they're one of the best TV baseball markets in America. Yeah, if it's on TV. Um, and obviously, it. a lot of people love listening to Tom Hamilton on the radio. Yeah, yeah. He does a great broadcast of the game. But people don't go to the games. I mean, and... and uh, Yeah, this this Valley's deal is, is deep. It's yeah, deep yeah, cause, yeah. Because it cuts across multiple multiple platforms here. Yeah. And there's some serious money that is uh, up in the air. Yeah. And people have banked that money on building their franchises. Right. And how they're going to pay people. And that's certainly going to affect the payroll next uh, year. Yeah. It, you know, this year is already set, but. That's like, you know, that's like we all come to work, right? <laughs> and then they just be like, yeah, so so Tegna or, or WKYC be like, listen, we're going to do a little problems right now. we still going to put the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on TV, but we're not going to pay you. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> nah, bro. Uh, yeah. What's what you mean? Like, yeah. and, and for an owner. Fifty million ain't ain't light cakes. That ain't light cakes. That's like that's mm. that's 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 a uh, especially yeah. when you put it into you baking it in the fact that right. I got to take this free agent and I might want to do this in my purse. Right, dreams. and especially with the Guardians already use their TV deal and attendance as an excuse for why their payroll is ridiculously low. This is you assume going to be a factor. We'll see, uh, you know, as these things go forward. All right, Mikey. Uh, so I looked at the numbers. I got two numbers to throw at you. According yeah. to Forbes, yeah, this was done in the middle of last season. Uh, I guess towards the end in September. But attendance across Major League Baseball down six percent from now t- till 2019, and six percent or five and a half percent from 2022 to 2012. So down slightly, not a ton, but it is down slightly. I wonder what it is. is. A lot. It is a lot. I wonder but what it is just amongst the top half. The pandemic was pretty neutral, and then it dropped. I so wonder what it is just amongst the top. I wonder if that is all the bottom 15 teams 
or or sixteen or whatever, or 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 it's across the board. I'd, I'd be curious that I, I you wonder. You got to give me a little more time to research that in depth. Yeah, and I wonder if the TV uh, ratings, like right, if they're better, or you see, know, I don't know. That's like that's like somebody coming to Brad and be like, yeah, your interest rate was was five percent. It's eleven <laughs> now. Whoa, uh, like, huh. six a lot. Six percent is is a pretty big drop. <laughs> and I do have one yeah. more number though. Yeah, a ton I, of money was spent in Major League Baseball free agency this offseason. Tons. I uh, I found a website, baseballsavant.mlb.com. Are you guys familiar with that? Yeah. All the advanced analytics. So I looked up every Guardians pitcher to see their average pitch time. All the starters on the low end, they work very fast. All the relievers, very slow. Classe, Karen Check, Delo Santos, Trevor Stefan, their four slowest working pitchers. So it'll be interesting to see. The starters may not have a big adjustment, that big of an adjustment. They naturally work fast. The relievers... I think it maybe have more an impact on. Yeah, relievers tend to work slower, which is funny because relievers uh, work from the from the stretch, whereas starters wind up more, which takes in theory a little longer. But in theory, people relievers come in when there's dire straits. Right, that's true. There's two, three people on base. That's true. Number three hitter up, you over there. Pressure situation. Well, they they split this in two with runners on base and bases empty. Okay. So even even with both of those, the reliever, I mean. Like, for example, Class A took 23 seconds between pitches with the bases empty. He oh, took 29 trouble. seconds between pitches with runners on base. <laughs> what about Karinchek? Karinchek was the only one slower. 20, also 23 seconds with the bases empty. Oh. And then 29 seconds, 29.5 seconds. I mean, he, with, because he does all those antics as he gets ready to throw, boom. you're going to have to get used to it. Trust me, it's going to be, I can't wait to see people lose a game. Oh, they're going to lose their minds. I think I wait to somebody lose a game on that oh, pitch count. Oh, my God. <laughs> if Class A, so Class A might be the most intimidating guy in baseball from a pitching standpoint. He throws 102. He's yoked out of his mind. He's a big, big dude. Yeah. If they call a ball on him, he's the last dude I want to see pissed off on the mound. He might throw 107 mile an hour fastball. Hey, yeah. He better get over pitch. it. He can't be walking around yeah, that mound. They're going to have to get used to it. These guys got, you know, they'll have spring training to adjust ah. to it. We got to get a Guardians pitcher on. Someone who's worked with this throughout the system. We'll, we'll send Curtis an email to yeah, see if yeah, they yeah. get someone on. But someone they, who worked with the pitch clock in the minors to see how it affects You could be yeah. corny, too. You could be doing cheers in the dugout. Ah, you. <laughs> that's a boy. Can you? Now, here's the thing. This is etiquette. You can't laugh at me if I'm, if the pitch clock go off. Because it's going to happen to you. Because yeah. it's going to happen. We gonna want a pitcher, up. not a belly Are we going to see the fans oh count down like we did against Giannis on the free throws a oh. couple years that ago? That would be fire <laughs> if the Indians crowd, Guardians try to do that. We need to start that. Can yeah. we put the buzzer up there on the big jumbotron and be like, hey, have it counting down? It, oh. That would be messing with pitchers' minds. Oh, no my gosh. Listen, like by that. the way, that's a thing. Hey, listen, is that po- – yeah, we're going to do that before they tell us it's illegal. Mm. All right, Mikey. So, <laughs> right. fire. Next topic. Yeah, we want to get to uh, uh, taking away memories from fans, yes. right? This I, I is found this on topic. Twitter yesterday Uh-oh. while scrolling. So, you know, we see something on Twitter. We give people credit. This was from Cleveland Sports Talk. I, what is Cleveland Sports Talk? It looks like they stole our, our logo. It doesn't, it's not our logo. It does look like it. I'm not quite sure who he is. Earl says he knows the guy who runs it. I'm not okay. quite familiar with him. But right. they put this tweet up yesterday. They got some good responses. I'm curious what you guys think. If you could delete a Cleveland sports moment from your memory, what would it be and why? Mine would be uh, the fumble of the ball and the one on the carpet in Denver. That's what that would be. Biner. Mm-hmm. Like why? Ask me why. Why? I had a nice bet with Mike. <laughs> going on. I was about to collect. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was about to collect. 
And it wasn't until 10 seconds after that ball hit the carpet, he called my house and was like, bring my money to practice tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my. Like he needed that money. <laughs> Back then, there wasn't no cash app. You had to go to the bank. You walking in here with large sums of money. Uh, there's so many. Um, oh, there's so, there's so many. I'm going to say this. I'm going to tell y'all something right now. And y'all going to look back on this. And this is, it's, I would erase Chad Henney. Mm. 14 yard right. scramble in Kansas City. You had them on the hook. If that game goes differently, Baker Mayfield's probably still your quarterback. That's not good, though. Why would you want to take that away? I'm tr- Listen, at that point, he reminded I got hurt. You look at that game, the Cleveland Browns not only had them on the ropes, they had them on the ropes with Patrick Mahomes gone, yeah. out of the game yeah. injured. You're right. You ran and walked up and down the field on them, had them looking goofy. He had already thrown one pick, and Joseph Woods himself. <laughs> Joseph. Who Joseph, just got a new job. New New Orleans Saints defensive coordinator, Joe Saints, Woods. Yeah. Good for him. Take the males down there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, you know. He comes out with four and rushing, and Chad Henney just slow walks down the sideline, picks up a first down, and your Cleveland Browns could have been in the AFC Championship game 2020. Mm. We'll never know. You know, the reality, if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with the, the World Series against the Marlins. Oh, yeah. Um, when, obviously, they lose in the game seven in the 11th inning. They, the, it was director Steve's fault. Remember, he was there. Yeah, the Indians were up two nothing in that game, and then obviously, I think it was at the seventh that the Gar- the Marlins scored their first run. From the seventh inning on, we want to erase the memory. However, I always felt, as a kid growing up, and I know my teams have been good in recent years, but as a as a kid, none of my as a Cubs and Bengals fan, I had never won until the Cubs won in sixteen. None of my teams had ever won a championship. And I feel the same way about fans here who had not experienced the championship, unless you're older, until the Cavs. All the brutal losses, as bad as they are, they make you who you are as a fan. There's a badge of honor to being, for me, a Cubs fan or an Indians fan or a Browns fan that maybe you don't want that badge, but there is a badge of honor for there having is. to suffer to never see your team win a championship that people who are fans of the Yankees or the Lakers or the Cow- well, the Cowboys suck now, but the 49ers, all these franchises that have had long-term success, those fans got it easy. It's easy being a fan. It's hard being a Browns fan. It's hard being an Indians fan. It toughens you up. McNuggets, I'm dang, this is a great this is a great you you segued into this. I feel like when you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers in twenty sixteen. Okay. They we we feel like all that we need to do is win a championship, but I, I feel like it's it, that's not necessarily true. In twenty sixteen when the Cavs won. Everybody was head over heels, right? But it's almost now, people don't... I thought whoever was the first to win it, they would be gods. They would be reverenced, and, and, and you would, that would just be cool. Like, if the Browns sucked, cool, we won the championships. If the Guardians don't spend no money, cool, the Cavs won. But, but because they did not have sustained growth, 
-hmm. and sustain longevity. I think it came and by the time we was like, okay, this is what it feel like to be in a, in, 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 in the contenders. This is what it feel like to be on national TV. <laughs> this is what it feel like to be like one of those guys at the country club. You lose your job and you gotta go, you gotta you gotta default on your membership. <laughs> right? You you can't go to the golf course no more. They said, whatever happened to that kid Gary? He, he had a Range Rover and everything. Uh, that little money was funny, right? Now all of a sudden you at the Y again. It's the same way with Kyrie, like in LeBron, because they rolled out. We were supposed to be doing that long term. So like I feel like right now, people kind of just don't even really appreciate it at that level. It's just like, yeah, it happened, but you you got it, you weren't there long enough to feel it. Like right now, do you watch the Cavs and be like, yeah, <clears throat> that's one of the greatest championships. Yeah, that championship. Nobody even talks about 2016. They don't. Let's go. Hey, have you seen anybody on the street? You go to Cleveland, right? You you'd be in airports. You go on vacation. When you they ask you, yeah, man. Don't, don't anybody say, hey, man, 2016, man. You guys did your thing. No, no one mentions it. They tell you how terrible the Browns is and what's going on with Deshaun Watson. It's almost like it got struck for the records. Like, mm. so in a way, I could almost feel Kyrie. It's like. Yeah, we hit this shot. Yeah, it was a million people out there. But then the next year, it was like, so? Because, the, well, part of it is just the nature of the sport, right? Like, even we say it's a, this is about Cleveland, but it, it really, in America, football is in a pedestal by itself. The NFL is on a pedestal by itself. There's no longer a – like, I always thought of sports for me as a big three, baseball, football, basketball. Mm -hmm. But it really is. It's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL's up here, and then the other sports are on yeah, here, yeah. and then further, further. So, winning a championship in football is just – changes everything more than any other sport. I even – and not for every individual. Like, for me, I – if, if I had to pick one Cleveland team to win a championship, I'd pick the Guardians. Mm -hmm. I'd want them to win more than the other teams. But for the majority of fans here, and I, and I believe for the majority of fans in, any, in most cities that have three or more teams, their football team winning is most important to the city. Yeah, it's just, and I don't, I don't know, I felt like, I was like, I can't be the only one that feels like this. Like, no, you're right. Like it's just like it, we, it, and even when we're in the business of talking about the Cavs, talking about sports, mm -hmm. it's almost as if, like the passion level. Brad, you played basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you it, played basketball. Yeah, but it's never going to carry the day. His Bulls, right? It's never going to carry the day like football. Football is going to carry the day. Now here, the thing in 2016 was was uh, the, the the feeling was amongst everyone because Cleveland hadn't had a championship in anything, right? right? So that's what drew all the people out. But for long-lasting memories, you get more people remembering the Browns in their heydays and the days they won and That's where right. they were Man. and who was with them. They were with their dad and yeah. where they watched it at. You, you're going to get that for sure longer than any other sport here, right? It's just because that's just the way it is. It, I, I, you know, it, sometimes I think maybe if LeBron would have stayed, it could, we could have rolled it out. Well, because well I'm glad they, you said that because that's the G – you think about the run the Cavaliers would have had if if Kyrie had an ass out of town, right? Oh, they were set up to run for sure. a decade, a decade. Like, a de like this could have been the Green Bay Packers set up, right? Like I, I just title town. I yeah. just didn't understand. And then like I, for me, I just don't get it. Well, I kind of do get it, but I, I don't like. I think there was so much backlash after he left the first time. 
that people just, it took them everything they had. It's some people who had to move heaven and earth to get on board with him coming back. Yeah, they did. It, it, they was just so scorned. And then it took a couple years, and, and, you know, they finally broke through and did it. But for me, I was always, I just realized, like, that one day, it just seemed like when in 18 when he said, all right, we had to run, and you kind of knew he was done. Mm-hmm. I was just like, but hold on, though. You did, You said... You, what are you doing? I don't care how many. It became this narrative where, hey, as long as he got us our championship, I'm like, that was not the deal. That yeah. was not what you said on that stage in Akron. That was not the deal. You That's said right. you coming back and you're going to get it done. Right. And then when it was like people just gave him a pass, I think it was just like, okay, well, he don't want to be here no more. Like, yeah. we, got, we got what we needed. Cool. That's fine. Plus, it's always like, when you haven't won, you're like, just give me one championship, just give me one. But then you win one, you want more. That's not it. I'm like, Yankee fans still want more championships. They want a zillion. And and, and so you look at it, you have to, now, now, obviously, the very next year, the Raptors go, or excuse me, the Raptors uh, go and play, you know, Golden State, right? Yeah. And so the Raptors break out and come through with with, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Mm -hmm. But you have to ask yourself, if that was the, if LeBron and Kyrie was still there, that that looks like them. You go play the Warriors again. Well, that was two years, right? Did they? So I don't think they won three in a row. So they won because they because won the a sixteen. Cavs lost the year. They won a sixteen. Yeah. The next year, seventeen. Yeah. They mm-hmm. lost with Kyrie. Yeah. The next year, eighteen. They just had LeBron and all the rest of the tag along gang, right? And then in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, it was the Toronto Raptors right, and, right, right. and them, and then the Raptors eventually yeah, beat yeah, them. Right, right. So you you would you you just re- I always wonder what would have been. Well, yeah, what would have been? <laughs> it was a great run because the, the country was just starting to hate Cleveland because Cleveland was showing up in the finals every every year. Every year, yeah, you know what it is. It was like it was getting like New England like. For foregone <laughs> conclusion, it was Stephen A. Smith used to say, "I gotta go up to Cleveland. South Beach is down there, and you got me up here in Cleveland. No disrespect it's not to bad. Cleveland." That is disrespectful. That is very disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Mikey. We got some internet comments. We do from PCC because PCC is back. Are you looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? Well, PCC Airfoils is looking for people just like you. They have open positions in Mentor, Eastlick, West uh, Wycliffe. I'm I'm (laughs) doing the read off the top of my head. I'm a little rusty right now. Hold on. I got to pull up the email. PCC. PCC. There it is. Okay. Yeah. All locations of PC Air Force at Eastlake, Mentor, Wycliffe, Minerva, yeah. hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, pay time off, and a signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com hey, slash careers. They, 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 they might want to get in on that. You know, that jobs number came out the other day. Oh, uh, yeah. Great job number. $517,000. <laughs> you might want to go ahead and get you some of that. Uh, unemployment in a yeah. long time. Yeah. And we shot down the balloon. <laughs> we shot that balloon right down, baby. I don't Shoot understand. down that balloon. I don't understand. <laughs> and then this guy going to say, well, we can retaliate for shooting down. Listen, you better stop playing. <laughs> Mr. G, you better stop playing around here. You you got balloons flying over the top of the day. Talking about we, we really could do something about it. That's like me going to Earl's house and eating all his food and be like, I could retaliate. By Earl the way, it was a good job waiting until this balloon was the size of three school buses. Yeah, yeah, they waited to get off metal. the some of these idiots out there are like, let's shoot her down right now. I want to shoot her down. <laughs> right. Let's I'm do like, it. I'm not going to ask you what, what state you was portraying. Right I mean, um, I want, yeah, what state were you portraying? Uh, yes. Just a bunch of, you know, white trash rednecks. <laughs> Say that. I don't know. But um, if you shoot it down over people's houses, people get killed. 
They waited till it was over, over water. They had stopped the signal from coming off it. They were on top of it. Nice job. Shoot Wait, down that balloon. What, I'm actually unfamiliar. What balloon was this? What? What? I didn't, I didn't see it on these balloons. Oh I've been, been in the laboratory writing jokes. Stay off the sports pages. Oh, my this. God. Read the I, whole page. Read, read all the all the, all the Chinese app. spy balloons. Read all the app. You we stole, we found, the, paper, we, the, the NSA or whoever it was got all the information off of it. They jammed the signal so it couldn't do anything in America. And then they shot it off, shot, uh, shot it up. They, they Se- bombed it, essentially. Seven miles off, off the coast. Off the coast, so nobody would get hurt by the debris. Very smart. Good job. And good job. For, uh, listen, I've been in the bunker writing jokes for the last week. <laughs> bunker? So. You are bunker. lost in the suit. I've been in the bunker. Listen, I've closed Did you hear Queen Elizabeth died, by the way? I did. I did. <laughs> that was a good one. I also heard that. Uh, <laughs> nope, too late. <laughs> Don't I was come thinking, back. 2K? You know Joe Biden's president right now? You no heard of that? No way. When that <laughs> happened. Stupid. Okay, real quick, Allegedly. we got uh, some comments from the internet. They chimed in on the most painful Cleveland memories. This is from Andrea Eagle. The most painful is either the drive or game seven for me. I still have too many emotions about Elway. Darla Kajuk? K-A-J-C-A? Kajka? Yeah, well, we can talk about you're, this. You're saying that as if we would know how to I'm pronounce just, her name. I, I'm yeah, just throwing like out there. She said she'd delete the move. Not a bad one. Talking and grubbing media, game seven of the 97 oh. World Series, and DeMond says, I take the shot away. That would have eliminated Jordan's entire legacy. <laughs> Brad? Shot. I'm, I'm silent on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm silent on that. Hey, look, bro, that, hey, look. that, that, that uh, shot. Look, bro, look, here. I, I want to race that because, here, I grew up here, right? I'm from here. I used to go to the Coliseum as a kid. Right when they moved from the Cleveland Arena downtown to the Coliseum, walking in there, the plane dealer would give you if you answered a survey question uh, in the paper, mm-hmm. they would mail you like four free tickets to a Cavs game. Man, it's uh, for free. I mean, I'm wow. talking lower bowl. Man, that's crazy. wow. So that's that's when they would get no fans, None. and uh, go out there and watch those games, and to be in that game that day uh, with that crowd, twenty one thousand, almost twenty one thousand in at Richfield. And the, the volume in the arena at that moment, you couldn't, I couldn't replace it. I mean, so I don't ever want to erase the memory. Now I understand what, you know, this side of the ledger, what it did to the city, right? Yeah. But just being in that, one of those iconic moments. It, you, you know the bad part about it, though, man. The bad part about it, there's a couple of things that I can't never stand. And, and one of them is, you know, especially when, when you come from our community, man. Jordan was so transcendent that you had people that was from your own block, your own family, your own school, your own church, your own synagogue. Just they would play the Cavs and they would root openly for the Bulls. Wow. Openly. They're like, it's Bulls. I'm going to give you a small story. This was uh, for shot two against Wilkins. Yeah. Right? They were in town early. The Bulls were in town early. I was playing in Detroit, I think. And he was like, you coming to Cleveland? Because uh, I want to stay in the hotel. We don't want to stay in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Just, just come on. Just come. Just drive back to, from Detroit and, and then show us around while you're here. I'm like, all right, man. All right. I'll drive back here, right? So I said, there's a play. A friend of mine was uh, was hawking a play down at Playhouse. Mm-hmm. It was an African-American play, playhouse. And it was the day before the game. And he said, all right, we want to go to the play, then we'll go to dinner, right? So I took him into the play. It was me, a bunch of them on the Bulls. We walked into the play. It had already started probably halfway through. 
So we walked to the play. We we're going to the seats, right? As soon as he walked in, and people realized who he was. Do you know people started standing up, giving him a standing ovation uh, bro. in the middle of the play? <laughs> bro, <laughs> I, I stepped back. I was what? like, what? 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 I said, "What is going on here?" Yeah. And you know, the crazy thing about this is, first of all, try getting that off today. <laughs> like, can you can, like think about it? You can't like as an NBA player. Like, you can't. I don't. I don't think any of them like really should. But can you imagine like? I don't know, LeBron showing up at a theater or or Jordan or none of them. I mean, he, doesn't he go to a bar ever? Who? LeBron. No. He goes, probably gets a private room, but you, he never goes to anywhere. He can't. Got, oh, they, he got to. Yeah. People are so aggressive now. Fans are aggressive and Man, you can't, crazy. Walk into the play, G. Standing ovation. Forget the play. <laughs> oh, like, That's funny. Like, like, Were the actors pissed off? I, I don't know. They probably was clapping too. I like this. <laughs> this is crazy. This is, this is, like this there's, is nuts. there's 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 places, and I don't even know. Back then, I don't think Chicago was that bad. Like, obviously, like Chicago today is like you not walking nowhere. You about nah, to just nah, like stay, that's not stay, a thing. Stay in your block. Yeah. Don't like. Do you know anybody? That's like nowadays. If you go around, it's not that bad. Let's not. Come on. Oh, it's not that bad. The city of Chicago? You for real? You, you, oh, oh, no, 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 no. We can't, no. We can't live, in, live in our fears. So let yeah. me tell you this. It needs to be cleaned so, up. So, let, so let me, I'm going to give you this. If me in Chicago is different from you in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody know, listen, you kill a white dude in Chicago, they going to give you the gas chamber or something, bro. <laughs> You know, you didn't get, but there be there be unsolved joints. You can't. There's certain blocks you can't go to. You can't maneuver a certain way. I always say this, man. Look, I need to be where everybody else is at. I don't go nowhere. I'll be in that mm. hotel room. My ho- <laughs> mm. I'm in a block radius, and I don't be in no. Ooh, I don't even be in getting no rentals. We we right here mm. and to the spot. We back and forth. Man, it's bad wow. in Chicago, bro. It's bad. How did we get to that? Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, Michael yeah. Jordan. <laughs> What's the next question? Michael? What was the final result on the poll, by the way? Oh, you did it for the, the Jordan. Minutes, right. Go ahead. Yeah, it was 55 <laughs> LeBron, 45 <laughs> Jordan. Average age, 36 for LeBron, 46 right, right, right. for Jordan. Okay, so. what else you got? Any other things or was that it? I will plug the comedy show real quick. Someone tweeted us and said that I guarantee McNuggets will not have a Chinese joke in his stand-up. Well, guess what? I may have to add one in now just because of it. No, Why would not. you have a Chinese joke? No, no racial chi- The Chinese balloon. <laughs> The Chinese balloon, which I didn't know. Oh, a Chinese balloon. Oh, yeah, you should have a Chinese balloon. I mean, geez. So, yeah. so this is this is crazy, though. Like, so when you do a stand-up, this is such a gray area. So, first of all, comedians should be able to say anything they want. They right? should still be able to say whatever they want, but Mike's not a comedian. So, for this purposes, Mike yeah. is not a comedian. No, he's not. So, so like, Because you have to know how to tell jokes like that in a certain way. Like, he don't know how to do that. He's not a professional. So this is maybe I do. So basically, this is we set him up for failure. No, he just doesn't need. I, he'd be better off not doing any kind of racial or jokes of that nature. So religion, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. I just think he should. So stay away religion, from it. Uh, sexuality, can, unless it's his own. Like uh, he can make fun of his own stuff like that. You can't, but not other people's. I think that he can do whatever he wants, and I think there should be no limits. I think comedians should be able to joke about everything. Mm-hmm. And people are too sensitive when it comes to comedians. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to make you think. Supposed to make you a little uncomfortable. What you know. You what, 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 
Well, Mikey? No, no. What you think? Can, can comedians say anything? Comedians, the, 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 I agree with Bull. Comedians have the latitude to go wherever, right? They should, but right, they... Right, right. Yeah. But people are so sensitive, right? Yeah. And sometimes you have to laugh at yourself, right? Right. But it's, they're supposed to be thought-provoking to a degree. That's right. Right. And right. that's why we have, the you know, problem, on this show, pro- we've had conversations about race and things pro- like the that. The problem is you can't say anything out here anymore. Right. right? Because it's just... Well, there's we've become, like everything else, extremism. There's a part of the country that thinks you should say anything to anybody at any time, no matter how awful it is. Mm-hmm. And the other part is like, you can't say anything. Even if one person's offended by a, by a joke, you can't say anything. And as usual, both the extremes are wrong. There needs to be a middle ground on it. You know, Unfortunately, we can't find it. You know, my mom is, you know, she's, she's not worried about me dying. She's not worried about me getting killed in gang activity or doing nothing else or going beating people up. She, you know, she's worried about, she said, you know how many hours a day you talk? She's like, it just take like five seconds out of those hours Absolutely. to say things. Like, right? And she said, sometimes I'll be, I'm worried because just the climate, you'd be like, does he have a, enough filter to understand where he goes and what he's going to do and how right, you going right, to say right. that? He's like, you got 75 podcasts. Her worst nightmare yeah. is turning on the TV and me saying something crazy. You know, it's funny that you say that, but, and, I, and I've been on the air for 25 years almost at this point, and I've never said anything that ever got me in trouble. I once tweeted something with a typo oh. that could have gotten me in trouble. It was obviously a typo. And the second I realized I tweeted it, I deleted it, and nobody ever saw it. I'm not going to say what I said. But I almost had a heart attack because it you know, was out there for a second. Yeah. But the way I feel about it is people that are good people and that don't have biases or hate people for any reason, which you are one of those people, and I am one of those people I like to believe, that uh, we don't have to worry about it because when you're coming from a good place, yeah. you're never going to say anything awful. If you did say something that might be a little insensitive, it would be an accident. It would be just a, a misunderstanding or something like that. And it would be something that reasonably people would realize, okay, it was a mistake, whatever. I think only people that have bad intentions in their heart are really going to get in trouble with stuff like yeah. that. Maybe I'm being too naive about that, but... I think. I think sometimes, like I said, you know, you when you want, you never you, know when you're in the game and you talk a lot. Sometimes you're gonna say stuff yeah. that yeah. is not received know, well, perceived yes, well. That's true. And so you might, I'll be trying to apologize in advance. One day I'm not perfect. One day they're gonna say, "Gee, Bush, we use the people's champ. Why would you say that?" I'm like, "Look, bro, I'm people's. I'm human." You know what I'm saying? I hopefully I don't ever say nothing like that. But you know, it's just thing. I think people. Still need to be able to have the ability to just say, "Hey, you know what? That was on me, dog. That was a bad look. I apologize, and and, and hopefully you guys keep it moving." And so, yeah. But sometimes, and I think if people yeah. know you come from a good place, people will be okay with that. Let's get to final thoughts, Brad. You're up first. All right. So let me. I want to go back to uh, something that Z was talking about earlier that nobody watches college basketball. That's that's erroneous. Yep. People are watching women's college basketball. I watched all weekend long. 15,000, 11, 15,000 in, in Hartford, Connecticut, watching UConn and, and, and South Carolina yesterday. 12,000 Purdue, watching Purdue women play Indiana. 11,000 in College Park, watching Ohio State versus uh, Maryland yesterday. Uh, and if you have not paid attention to women college basketball, and you hear me talk about it from time to time, the Big Ten Women's Conference is probably the best basketball conference in America. And this last three and a half week finish 
that's going to go down in the Big Ten between Purdue, uh, between Indiana, Ohio State, Maryland, and Iowa is going to be the because they all play each other out of those final six games four times. In that, in a combination of those four games against ranked teams, they're all ranked. They're all top ten teams. Mm-hmm. This finish is going to be the most fabulous finish I've seen in any collegiate level of any major conference in any time here in recent years. And the and the talent level is immense. So if you've seen the Caitlin Clark's, the Diamond Millers, the uh, the, the the Michigan team play as well. I mean, this thing is outstanding. The Indiana teams. Uh, so do yourself a favor. Tune in. Follow it. The women deserve it. They play at a very high level, and it is very enjoyable. And your daughter had a big game yesterday, by the yeah, way. Yeah, she, she's coming. 19 <laughs> points, 9 assists. Damn. Blew out the Buckeyes by damn near 40. Right. Oh, Dang man. dog, so you, you said there's some money for that dog? No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. What year is she? Sophomore. Nah, come on, man. She gave me like pops. I was killing. I, I, took, it to, I took it to dinner last okay, night. Okay, you were like, yeah, her and her roommate ain't well. They ain't well. They waiting for me at the restaurant. Right, yeah. They like, text me. Well, we're you're here. Brad, is, she, <laughs> is she good enough to play in the NBA, at WNBA? She will be. She will be. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's great. That, that's crazy, man. Uh, yeah, my final take. I ain't did one of these in a while, man. You know, uh, my final take. See, I don't know who I'm talking to out there, but you know, there's a lot of times right now when there's individuals who prioritize a bunch of things. You know, we 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 always on the grind. I'm a dude um, who like to keep moving. I always got goals. Already got game plans, I got schemes, I want to do this, I want to do that, I'm working 24 hours a day. We always trying to get something and accumulate something and figure out what's our next step, man. But one of the greatest equalizers in life is uh, the finish line. And and that is, when you out of here, you out of here. And people say, man, why are you being so morbid? No, nah, I'm actually being congratulatory. I'm actually telling you something, because I believe everybody is on this planet um, for a reason and they have a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. But as soon as you fulfill that purpose, you got to go. We're here to do something. We're here to do something. So if you've got a purpose on your life, you never know when that time may come. My goal, my, my, my meaningless purpose may be to reach two or three people. And as soon as I reach them two to three people, I got to go home. So one of the things that I always try to stay in the moment is and let people know is you, you can't take the money with you. You can't take no fame with you. You can't even take your health with you because eventually that will even give away on you. But what you can do is you can learn to live in a moment. You can learn to, to cherish your soul and you can learn to say, even if I love my wife, even if I love my brother, we all go alone. So at the end of the day, give something now. Don't worry about the little stuff. Don't matter how many cars you drive, you can't put that in the casket with you. And if you learn that, that's true. As I've been trying to learn, as I've been trying to move through this game, if you learn that, your days will be much more fulfilled because you're here to fulfill a purpose, not to stuff the bank, not to stuff it with material stuff. So, hey, somebody out there, hey, be in it now because you never know when that's going to go away. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, uh, real quick here. Uh, it's uh, dark times, folks. The uh, Rocky River Raptors have dropped to 0-5 on the season. I was the head coach this weekend. <laughs> Uh, because our head coach could not make the game. I tried to get a last-minute replacement by Mikey McNuggets' assistant coach. I'm coming this week. He came up I'm with in. some lame excuse about meeting some cousins for lunch. Cousins. Yeah, sorry, I put family you know over there. You got cousins. You, you ain't got no cousins. Who are you kidding? You're a white guy. Uh, we just talked about Jewish people having all the cousins. That's true. Jewish people do have cousins. We're, all, we're very incestuous. Uh, and let me tell you, it was really crazy. disappointing yeah, that we crazy. lost again. We frankly got our ass kicked by the by the Baylor team out of Westlake. They dominated us in the second half. It's a depressing time. And my, my coach's seat is red hot right now. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.